DJ Marshalla. Hey, uh, <laughs> <laughs> almost, marsh, almost marshmallow, right? <laughs> Marsh, yeah, DJ Marshmallow. There you go. Marshmallow, marshmallow. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Corey. Corey. All right, lead heads. Welcome back to the Talking Lead Podcast. This is episode. Geez, I think it's 233. I hope you guys have been enjoying our coverage of the 2018 SHOT Show. We dropped the first two episodes of that prior to this episode, so make sure you go back, check those out. We've had some great interviews. We had the ladies from Lucky Shot USA on, those cool uh, drinkware and, uh, what do they call it, trench art. Uh, very cool story on that company and the products that they're developing. So make sure you go check them out. And then we've had the uh, Trigger Safe guys on, the holster for your AR-15. You got to check that out. It's very cool. We've had... Uh, you had Matt from DAC on. I saw that episode uh, about the... Uh, yeah. Was it the training system? That was a laser training system, right? Yeah, we haven't released that one yet, but that one's coming because I'm I'm actually sitting here playing with that right now. The target eyes. Okay. Uh, so oh, you didn't release that yet, but I saw it on. Uh, I guess I saw it on Chad's thing. Yep, that's yeah. exactly it. Right there. Yeah, that thing yep. right there. So we're going to talk. That's going to be in an upcoming episode. Uh, but as you guys can hear, we've got a couple of guests on with me as we're doing the pre-show. What do you call it? Pre-show. It's the pre-show. That's what you call it's it. Pre-show warm-up, man. The pre-show warm-up <laughs> to yet even more 2018 shot show coverage from the Caltech official lead quarters booth. Uh, Caltech was awesome in hosting us this year, and we greatly appreciate that. And man, I've got probably 20, 30 more interviews to come. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest who we have today because we had so many guests, we had so many interviews, we couldn't get everybody in. And I wanted to make sure that we got these guys on. We've got, uh, of course, Mike Sodini, president of Eagle Imports. Uh, no stranger to you, Leadheads. He is a Leadhead himself. And he's brought along a another business partner of his and another venture that uh, they're taking on. And this is John, not to be confused with Marshmallow. It's Marshalla. Did I get that right, John? You nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. And... Uh, they're going to be talking to you guys about a cool product that everybody can use, all us lead heads. It's called No Sweat, and we're going to get into that and talk about that here in just a little bit. Welcome in, guys. Thanks, Thanks you, man. So uh, the 2018 SHOT Show, you were both there. Uh, I know, uh, Mike, you probably didn't have a, an opportunity to, to get around very much because you were manning the booth over there at Eagle. John, did you get a chance to walk around much? I did. I did a couple laps, and it was my uh, it was my first shot show, so I was I was pretty blown away. Okay, was... well, perfect. So, so give us uh, as a newbie to shot show, give us your first impressions of your first day there, walking in and seeing the <laughs> absolutely the spectacle well, I mean, unique, of shot show. Unique to me because I was actually down there for CES about two weeks prior, so everything I was looking at was in comparison to that. And honestly, I was just impressed with uh, the. the, the expansiveness of it i mean it was I, I did not realize how large it was going to be how many how many vendors are going to be there how many people are going to be there uh you know impressed with security and the way they handled things obviously there were no issues and it was a tight ship but they uh, got everyone in expediously and i thought I, I, was, I was very impressed overall what about the uh the as far as the vendor setup and just the 
I mean, how many miles is that that they said? It's like running a marathon or something. It's <laughs> like 23, 25 miles worth of vendors. Oh, yeah. It took me a good 20, 30 minutes just to walk down and back, and I'm sure I missed missed plenty, but it was Oh, it, was so it only took you 20 minutes. You only did one level. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one you level, did one level. One level. <laughs> There's like three levels to that thing plus stuff scattered out everywhere else. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I always like going to the basement because that's where you get some of the new companies that are coming in, new on the scene, bringing some new ideas and innovation. I didn't get a chance to get down there this year, so that's why I'm relying on people like you, John, that, that actually got a chance to, to walk around and, and see some stuff. What was something that left an impression with you? Uh, you know, I noticed you got you got to meet Donald Trump Jr., so I thought that was pretty neat. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of cool. It was, brief as it was, it was kind of cool. Um, yeah. He actually was... He was trying to sneak by behind because Keltec was like on the very back wall of uh, the show floor, and he and his Secret Service were just kind of skirting the back the back edges there, I guess, trying to not be seen much. And then <laughs> Chad scopes him out, and we stop right mid interview. I can't remember who we were interviewing, and we just beeline over to him and get a quick selfie. But th- that was <laughs> so kind of you- cool. You were able to be a little fangirl for a little bit, huh? Exactly. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Love it. And I actually photobombed Chad with uh, he was doing because Chad went over and was like, "Hey, can I get a picture with you?" And as soon as they set up, I, I squeezed in. <laughs> and I wish they'd have got a picture of that, but uh, but uh, Junior kind of looked over to me like, "What the hell?" <laughs> well, at least at least the uh, the security guys didn't jump all over you, <laughs> right? You know, it's like one of those things where you're not thinking; you just react. Kind of yeah. thing. I was like, shit, this is like going to be my probably only opportunity I ever get to do this. So, boom, I did it. But, yeah, that was a good time. Love it. But what about products? Did you see any products out there that really uh, you're like, man, that's kind of cool? You know, I love all the uh, – everything Eagle Imports is bringing in was pretty neat to me. So. There you go. <laughs> all right. All right. Quit, <laughs> we're going to talk plenty about Eagle and the cool stuff that they're that they're bringing in this year. So, so nothing really stuck with you is what you're saying because you were just overwhelmed with the sheer massiveness of – I was, I was so overwhelmed. Shot. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I own a few guns myself, and I'm I – mean, you know, don't like to think I'm a little in the industry, but the, the nuances between them, I mean, walking down, it's just rows and rows and rows of vendors, and everybody's got their offerings. And, I mean, I, you know, I don't know enough to know the differences. So it's kind of just seeing – was, I was a little blown away by everything and the expansiveness of it. Right. I, wanted to, I, wanted to, I wanted to shoot them more than anything, you know. You can only uh, – well, that's chamber, what, that's what range day is times. for. You got to get you got to get Mike to get you into range day to to go and get hands on with all this stuff. So <laughs> next year, baby, next year, absolutely. Uh, but one thing that we weren't able to do while we were at Shot Show, uh, just because there's just no room to bring uh, the sheer massiveness of our jack wagon train to Vegas, uh, was the talking lead jack wagon train. So we've got some catch up to do. We got a lot of jack wagons that we need to get caught up on to get on this jack wagon train so the gunny can haul them out of here and get them out of our hair. Hoorah, simplified do or die, hold them high at eighth and I. It is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week, so brace yourself, baby. So I'm just to not to cut you off, I'm new to the whole jack wagon thing. So give me a little background on what, what classifies a jack wagon here. Yeah, so so it's just that, a jack wagon. When you you know, when you're sitting around talking with your buddies and they mention something about somebody, you go, what a jack wagon. You know, what a dickhead. What a jerk. What an asshole. You know, <laughs> what an idiot. So that's that's kind of the basis behind the jack wagon train. 
uh, or jack wagon. And then what we, uh, what we came up with was a, a way uh, to get rid of the jack wagon, to get them out of our hair, haul them off, take them to uh, jack wagon infinity. So uh, Arlie Ermy the gunny, uh, he is uh, over that. So he's, he's taking charge, and you know, he took it upon himself to, to rid us of jack wagons. So he's in charge of the jack wagon train. So every week he comes by, and we load up that train, and he hauls them off for us. So that's kind yep. of the premise behind it. So uh, you know, it could be somebody in the industry. It doesn't have to be. It could be you know, just, just anybody. But typically, you know, the people that get under our skins and on our nerves are the the leftist liberal gun grabbers, you know, typically is, is who that is. But I mean, there's people in our own industry that deserve to be called out from time to time. And, uh, you know, we're not afraid to do that. That's what we do here. All right. We're Love just, it. just calling people out, giving them facials and sending them on their way, bro. <laughs> 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 I mean, I guess that we could start with, uh, a lot of the bills that are in the Senate that are being put up there by these anti-gun people, right? Like, yeah. I don't know if you saw what's going on in Washington and then in Oregon, um, Catch us up. Governor Kane Brown, they are, they're putting up some really strange bills, <laughs> some really tough bills that yeah. are very anti-gun. And, and the, I actually have a list of like 10 that you could kind of go over, but yeah, let's hear um, them. well, I mean, there's, uh, if you look into if you go into Washington, right mm-hmm. um, under Washington, they expand the list. Uh, Bill six two nine eight. This expands a list of domestic violence offenses that prohibit firearm possession to also cl- include harassment. Right, that sounds great, um, but then when you keep digging, domestic violence is a serious issue, and those convicted of violent offenses should be addressed accordingly. Like I just said, right. Mm-hmm. However, the definition of harassment under Washington state law is so broadly defined that it includes 37 other crimes, right? Many of which involve no form of actual contact or threat of harm to a person. Um, I mean, obviously that could be graffiti. It could be trespassing. It falls under the same umbrella. Uh, so these are these sneaky laws that they try to pass that mm-hmm. basically stop, you know, law-abiding citizens. Well, and that's the thing is they, they make them so broad, you know. Right. Th- and, and the way that they sell them is they sell them on a specific item. But what they don't tell you are there's all these other items that it's going to encompass as well. Just like, uh, you know, when the Vegas shooting happened and, you know, Mike, you live down there in Vegas, you know, all, all these gun grabbers were coming up with this law to get rid of the bump uh, stock. Box, right. Yeah. So, and that was their whole pitch was, you know, we want to get rid of this bump stock. It's dangerous. It's, blah, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's deadly. And, but what it was in the bills and legislation that they drew up, there was no mention of the butt stock itself specifically. It was any device that uh, increases the rate of fire. Uh, yeah. Well, so it, that could be, it could be your finger for God's sake, you know? Right. And that's the funny, you know, I love going on shows. Actually, I, I go on some shows that, that kind of are a little bit liberal. I'm always the token like gun guy that goes <laughs> on there. Um, <laughs> But it's always funny to hear people make an issue of stuff that's been around for years, right, and mm-hmm. never caused any kind of problem before that one massacre. And then they're making a huge deal, which, you know, it is important, but it's also too important to understand when you put it in perspective of um, they had not been, u- had not been using a crime before. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. literally like you know you look at the amount of deaths that opiates cause right mm-hmm. and then you look at the amount of deaths where you get like a homicide from gun and you realize it's so blown out of proportion compared to what real issues are right like right. that's 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 what cracks me up about these laws it's like okay let's make a big deal about this thing or let's go after silencers well, well and that's their thing too is they don't they don't make a big deal out of anything until there's you know a tragedy and that's their their whole mentality is we can't waste a good tragedy you know right. and, and they use their tragedies as their springboards to launch their political agendas rather than see what the actual issue or problem is you know it wasn't yes. wasn't the bump fire that wasn't the the issue or the problem you know there was a, a thousand other things before that that came into play that that was the problem mainly being this guy was a nut you know he had, yeah, I mean, he had I, mental I remember, problems i remember talking to mike at, when i was at shot show and looking around and obviously there's guns everywhere and i said you know oddly, oddly enough <laughs> i feel safer here than i do in most places crowded places you know why because if anything were to happen you've got all these trained individuals that know what they're doing both from the you know neutralizing a threat versus or you know any kind of medical you know support for anyone it's you know you're much safer here than you would be anywhere you right know? yeah i mean all you're the safest different. place in the world yeah. right there at that that time exactly. <laughs> that's true <laughs> have you seen some of these bills though there i mean I, I know you were looking them up but there's mm-hmm. one this this uh this 1122 right it would require locking up one's firearms or else they'd face reckless endangerment charges that's a good one like Everybody, ha- first of all, I don't even know how they police that. I guess if some cop comes to your house on a call and they find a firearm that's not locked up, but I mean, what a waste of time that one is. Right. You can't. So, so lock up everything. So when you need to get to your gun, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's let us protect you from yourself is what what they're trying right. to do. Not only in public, but at your home, you know, your own domicile. Let us let us invade that space too and tell you what's best for you and. And how you should live your life, and you know, it's that's their whole mentality is you know they don't feel that you as an individual are responsible, smart enough uh, to take care of yourself and and others. Which you know that's what we try to teach and preach on this show is responsibility. If you're going to be a firearm owner, then there are responsibilities that come along with that, and you need to to police and regulate and educate yourself. And there's no shortage of places for you to do that. Uh, and it, for all budgets as well. If you're a new firearms owner out there and uh, you haven't gotten just the basic defensive hand go- handgun training course, then get in touch with us here at talkinglead at gmail.com, and I'll put you in touch with somebody locally uh, because that's the most important thing that you can do is once you own that firearm, you need to learn how to use it. And you can even do that before you get your, your carry license. No, that's 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 awesome <laughs> i mean exactly yeah. and that's what this industry needs is more people that are like hey look it's okay if you don't know what you're doing we're here to help yeah. you know a lot a lot of people get intimidated especially by like the gun store commandos that are behind the counter yeah but there's a lot of avenues to talk to some real people that that are are normal that, that right. would love to teach that and and i think that that's that would be my direction that i would love especially the NRA to go more is, uh, you know, let's make it about youth and safety uh, mm-hmm. because let's face it. Um, the people that are into guns, they usually don't abuse the privilege. You know, they are educated and, and they're a welcoming group, but these laws right here, the gunny needs to take these down. <laughs> he needs <laughs> to take that train. Cause there's about 10 of them that are just 
ridiculous. Oh my God, and this is just in Washington, you know. So just think about yeah. all the other states like California, um, over in the the East Coast over there. I mean, you've got that whole New York and. Are you from New Jersey originally? Yeah, I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from New Jersey. You're, you're an East Coaster out on the West Coast now. Well, yeah, and I got out of there quick. And although I, I love my people up there, I do not uh, agree necessarily with the direction of that state, and especially when it comes to gun laws. That's uh, It's a tough place to be. But when you own a business that's been there for years, we're talking way before I was involved in it, I got employees and i don't know i fight the good fight if you just run from everything then you can't be there to uh you know yeah, to you can't, we can't run and you know we, we always tell people hey you're in california come you know move to tennessee move to texas move and we say that in jest but you know we need the people to stay there and fight the good fight like you said and and have our best interest in these states because slowly uh you know california is just it's it's running people out like that and that's what we don't need we need it to go the other direction so really we all need to move to california <laughs> take over california just take over <laughs> right and then just do that slowly we'll start on each in the middle and on each coast and just work our way out and in work your way time. out that's right yeah, exactly <laughs> fun sun. but uh you want to talk about somebody in the industry? I, I don't know if you uh, keep you them got... coming, man. Keep them coming. Okay. I like this. Yeah. This uh, this Rochelle Hathaway chick. This is a. Do you, do you hear about her? Uh, she is the. Uh, she was sponsored by. Starts with a T. Starts with a T. Uh, no, well, I yes. heard about. I heard about this, but go ahead and tell the story. Yeah. Yeah, she basically blew her sponsorship <laughs> by saying some very anti-gun things, which I think is hysterical. Um, this whole movement to the uh, like the gun bunny deal, mm-hmm. like where probably you get like something easy on the eyes, and she shoots a gun, and she's pretty good at it, but maybe doesn't really understand what's going on in the industry and all the problems we face, <laughs> you right. know. Um, I thought she this was hysterical because her comments actually killed her sponsorship. And I'm not I mean for those that aren't familiar with some of the things she said, I it's it's almost unbelievable that she would think this way. She's literally saying things that kind of make it look like she pu- was putting together all these laws in Washington <laughs> <laughs> on these bills. Right. Um, you know, uh, there's somebody inside the industry that did us no favors with those type of comments. Yeah. Well, she, so Rochelle Hathaway, it's R O C H E L L E. And, uh, she was sponsored was, I say was Terran tactical. And of course, we all know Terran tactical is a huge two, a proponents, you know, supports our second amendment and gun rights. And as soon as they, you know, heard about this and found out what was going on, they cut her loose, you know, so. I mean, you can't hold them responsible for this, but uh, I, <clears throat> I guess maybe they could have educated her a little bit more on uh, <laughs> uh, her her stance on things. But I don't know where where she's from originally. Do you know where she's from originally? Uh, I'm going to assume she probably grew up in California. Yeah, because <laughs> she, she has a very she has a very leftist mentality. So she, I think she you know kind of grew up around that, but. She said she got into it because she thought guns were cool and fun, and they basically got her attention. So that's how she, I guess, grew her Instagram, and like you said, a gun bunny type thing. And 
Do you know who well, the interview I, was with that she said this? Glamour, Glamour magazine, and I'm sure somebody put a spin on her words. So I mean, to give you know, not to just jump on one side. You know, I uh, yeah. I, I see how the media does it, but at the same time, like <laughs> you have to be media coached if you're going to go into those positions right. and yeah. give those type of interviews and you know i hate to say it but you know have a backup like have that interview and have your phone rolling you know what i mean so at least if they said you said something that you didn't uh you know you have backup that says that's not exactly how i, I phrased it like hey you know the government needs to take away our guns although i do probably believe that she has maybe some issues with automatic weapons but then you're acting as if Automatic weapons are easily obtainable, which is not, it's, they're not, no. you know? No, they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Her, her direct statement right here, it said, uh, you know, I think it's important to feel safe in your home, but you don't need more than three guns. You don't need to own a semi-automatic weapon or silencer. And then she went on to talk about the Second Amendment not involving, like, AK-47s and things like that. So just the typical, you know, <laughs> same old rhetoric. but Same old rhetoric, yeah. And, I mean, that's the whole thing. It's, it, who's the t- three guns? you know the mob mentality is you know i'm sure people uh, she's gotten dogpiled on by the gun community um i haven't seen anything where she's come out to to try to give her side of the the story yet i mean there may be something out there but i would love to hear hear that i mean if she's got a a defense then let's hear it i'm all i'm all willing to give people second chances and like you said, people can twist your words and you know twist it to, to suit their purpose, you know whatever that may be. So no, absolutely. This person absolutely. may, whoever did the interview, may have had a vendetta against her and wanted to you know uh, against all gun bunnies and just wanted to use her as the example. But uh, I'm not for dogpiling on people, but at the same time, and like you said, this is in the news. This is somebody that obviously was in our community and for whatever reason didn't have the same mentality as the majority of us do. Now, there are plenty of leftist liberal uh, people out there that like their firearms and their Second Amendment rights, you know, and I, I have no problem with those people. Well, yeah, you have to be able to, to, I mean, that's the problem with this society today, right? I mean, you look at it, it's not, there's no in the middle. It's uh, people either usually go far left or they go far right and they go ridiculously to one side. And that's the uh, problem is they, that's, that's the way that, you know the media paints people. It's it's tough to be in the middle on things. It's either you're all full left and you agree with everything that we agree with, or you're all full right and the same thing there. That's that's across the board the problem. The the extremes polarize the people that are more centric or moderate. I mean, you know, a little bit. Or, you think by giving an inch they're going to take a mile because the extremes latch onto it from either side of it. So it's you know it's it's tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, definitely we're going to throw her on the jack wagon train until she can come out and convince us otherwise. Uh, and I hope she does, you know, for, for her sake. She's young, you know, naive, I'm sure, very naive. So we'll give her the benefit of the doubt, but she's still getting a, a seat on that train <laughs> for now. Yeah, it, it, listen, I, and I don't want to be the only person throwing people on the train today. I don't want to come on. <laughs> No, this is this is great, man. This is great. Who else you got? Who bring, no, who do you coming. have? Come on, man. Keep <laughs> Everyone's them, gonna be like, Mike's coming, man. No, not at all, man. That's what this set this segment is about. Um, and like I said, it's been a while since we've had it, so we got to fill this thing up. We got to make it worth Gunny's trip out here. So, <laughs> well, them. you could put Mayor Bloomberg on there. Oh, uh, he's Nancy on there. He's got a permanent seat along with Hillary Clinton and Obama, man. 
Yeah, Nancy Pelosi is a good one to put on there. State of the Union address, she looked more uncomfortable than anybody I've ever seen. Yeah. We've got her strapped to the front of the train so she catches all the bugs and everything. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you you got to have Mindy Robinson on your show for this segment. She's good. I don't know if you know her. She's a Second Amendment like actress. She's a, a total Republican. She's out in Hollywood uh-huh. acting. And she's the only actress that's been able to kind of keep her edge and really stand up for what she believes in. And she just challenges a lot of the super left. Oh, cool. Yeah, but she'd be great for this. Eventually, we got to get her on your show for this segment especially. (laughs) So um, I'm just thinking about her because of the way she can just roll off names of of people she's frustrated with. (laughs) Yeah, well, that'd be great. If you know her, let's make an introduction and we'll, we'll get her on the show, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Be, so what else? Awesome. Who else? Who so, else? so Australia's ambassador says his country's gun laws can't save America. So I'm I'm throwing uh, these gun grabbers on the train that point to other countries as examples as to, well, this country doesn't have gun laws and look at the, uh, you know, the violent gun, the gun violence statistics in their countries. It's low, of course, because they've taken away all their guns. But if you look at the violent crimes in these countries, it's way exceeds the violent crimes in America. Well, you, uh, you, also, you look at the population of Australia. I mean, you got about the population of the state of California. I mean, it's right, not right. even remote. It's a whole different culture. Right. You're not comparing world. apples yeah. to apples when no. when they do this. It's it's preposterous to try and compare. It's ludicrous. It's apples, and it doesn't apply to what's going on here in our country. Yeah, I have actually a really cool story about, you know, you know, Eagle Imports deals with guns from all over the world, right? So I travel to a lot of these different countries and I hear different opinions, but I was uh, sitting with the shooter. He's, he used to shoot for Bursa. His name is Gaston, uh, Argentinian guy. Really cool. One day we're having lunch together and he's like, uh, how many times have you been held up by gunpoint in the U.S.? And, you know, I'm lucky. I've never been held up by gunpoint in the Me. U.S. <laughs> yeah. And I, I said zero. He's like, oh, that's funny. He's like, uh, you know, guns basically are, are outlawed here. You have to go through a lot to get a gun. And I've been held up three times. And I was like, man, that's that's crazy. But the interesting part of it, so the conversation kind of segues into, he's like, you Americans are so into your freedoms, like freedoms across the board and it's important to you and basically (laughs) yeah it is i mean my god (laughs) well and he he was saying it in a complimentary way but it was funny because it it makes you think about that Mm -hmm. the the reason why some of these things work in some of these smaller countries is because they lose a lot of freedoms other ways right like privacy Mm -hmm. and you know he was making the example in argentina he's like you if you do something in your neighborhood Cops are called and and it's like everybody's watching everybody. You don't have like the privacy that you would like. We want to be private about our mental health. Right. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, I would say to somebody who says, well, we need to expose all mental health records for for people that, you know, to keep people from owning guns. It's also are you ready to give up those privacies as well in other areas and other amendments? Mm-hmm. Right. Like right. freedom of speech or other things like that. So there's these li- these countries that are really tiny. Like, as John mentioned, you cannot 
put on that level. But also, too, they don't have some of the freedoms that we have, the luxuries we have in other areas. So it always cracks me up when people are like, I want to move there because of this. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, that's the thing. You look at where do the majority of immigrants want to go to that come to America, right? Because of right. the freedoms that we have here. But when they get here, you know, they want to start changing things and, you know, making it more where they were they were from. It's like, well... Why did you come here? This is why you came here. This is the greatest country in the world as far as our freedoms. And if you give up one freedom, that's that slippery slope that the liberals want us to get on. The land of opportunity, baby. Yeah. Once you once you give up one freedom, yeah. then they're going to come after all the other ones. Right. You'd be surprised at how many immigrants do actually have no issue with the way things are done here because it's done so much more stricter in their country. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. But that's that's the thing. If you look at the people who are doing it illegally, coming here illegally, uh, our like you said, our process is set up for a reason. You know, we have a very good screening process for immigration, uh, which immigrants are legal. You know, they can come here as long as they do it legally. They do it our way. Do it by the by the book. But the reason that the majority of those people that are here illegally don't do that is because for some reason they're not going to pass that, and they know it. You know, they're not going to pass that screening process, which is usually for nefarious reasons. You know, growing up the way I grew up, and and you guys have to forgive me for this, but I grew up amongst a lot of liberals. I've always had this kind of mentality of, like, if you can get away with it, if you can get in here and be illegal and you're trying to contribute and be a good person, I'll look the other way. But I got to tell you, I am tired of looking at my bank account, trying to make the two people <laughs> that I made uh, citizens here so they could stay. When you go through the true legal process, it's thousands of dollars and there's a lot of lawyers. And it's so I can see why people that do it legally in the right way get frustrated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's expensive. Well, and, it's, and they appreciate it a lot more, too. Once they earn that, in, uh, say, earn. You know, I stress earn. They earn the citizenship, then they appreciate it a billion times more than the people that come here illegally and don't have to go through that process. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Enough, enough about that. I wanna I wanna throw this one on before we get done. We got to get that jack wagon train out of here because we want to talk about no sweat and some cool stuff coming from Eagle Imports. So last jack wagon of the of this episode, I'm throwing the SEC the Southeastern Conference on the jack wagon train. And you may ask, why are you throwing a football conference on the, the jack wagon train, Lefty? Well, all right. The SEC is worried about a Mississippi gun bill that could let guns into stadiums. So, <laughs> Mississippi House representatives passed a bill on Wednesday, and this was uh, today, February the 9th. So when you guys hear this, to be a couple of days old. Uh, that would make it legal for anyone with an enhanced firearms license to carry their weapons on public property. And the vote margin was overwhelming. It was 80 in favor, 29 against, and 11 that didn't vote. Uh, so uh, what they're saying is letting guns into the SEC sporting events is a bad idea. Anyone familiar with any concept of both major college athletics and guns should know it's a bad idea. These games are crawling with law enforcement who can handle firearms better than the vast majority of the civilian population. This is not, as best I can tell, a self-defense problem at these games that needs fixing. So 
without going through and reading the whole thing again if you're a if you've gone through the process to legally uh carry your firearm then i see no reason why you can't carry at the stadium as well now there should be a screening process obviously for people coming in uh in and out like they do normally and if someone has a firearm that isn't legally able to own or carry that firearm, then they shouldn't be let in. Uh, if they're intoxicated or showing signs of craziness, <laughs> I like to say, right. then then they shouldn't be let in. You know, there there's a process there that's already in place. You know, they have gate checkers that are checking for people with weapons and things. But you know, people get in. I've known people that get in games with with guns all the time college obviously there's no there's no alcohol in the stadiums so they're not selling alcohol in the stadium so they could pre-screen people before they come in and they're you know you're going to know if somebody's intoxicated or not so if somebody comes in with a gun give them a breathalyzer you know make that part of it but uh, yeah if, it, don't you always find that odd though like like the, the whole system doesn't make you go and you get your license to carry and in some states you get your license to actually own a gun right mm-hmm. and that means you take your course and you're supposed to be trained you have something to lose but then they say you can't take them here 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 right. here you and, have a license to carry but you can't carry it anywhere right <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's the thing though those you know when you work hard for that license and you do the proper you know yeah. you go through the proper channels to get it you don't want to lose it yeah, and that's that and goes. This back is to the mentality been. of let the government protect you. You know that's what they're saying right here. Is like you know you don't need to bring your gun into a game because we've got protection there for you. Well, that's not the that's not the purpose. The purpose is it's our it's our inalienable right. It's our Second Amendment to carry our firearms. It's to defend ourselves if needed. But you know it's to have it. It's not only to defend ourselves. It's to defend other people as well. So you know. Again, when you need a police officer, they're only minutes away. You know, by the time they get, they're just crime scene investigators, is all a police person is. You know, a police man and woman. So they're they're there to tell you what happened after somebody's been in an altercation or been shot. I don't think anyone really wants to get into an altercation as well, right? I mean, no. no I mean, no, that's the thing. Yeah. A responsible gun is not looking, you know, for for a fight or an altercation. Right. And if you're a responsible gun owner, then Again, you know, people's tempers get flared and out of hand, but that happens every day, everywhere. And if that's your problem, then you don't need to be a firearms owner. You know, that yeah, that goes exactly. to screen yourself as well. Uh, you know, if you think road rage is going to cause you to go out and shoot somebody, then you know, don't don't own a, don't own a firearm. Go get help. You know, get anger management classes for God's sake. Spend the money on that instead of the gun, and then you know work on the the firearm. Your Second Amendment right. <laughs> hey, John, you don't know anything about the SEC because uh, uh, being a Gophers fan is that? Are you <laughs> Dude, right? Right now, I'm still licking my wounds over the Vikings not making <laughs> having to host the entire debacle in my city last weekend, but it was a great time. So whatever. <laughs> well, all right. Unless unless John's got a a jack wagon that he wants to throw in. You know, I've been, I've been, I've been frantically googling over here, and you're bringing them up as I find them. So, <laughs> <laughs> very cool. All right, Gunny, get that train out of here. We'll have more for you next episode. So now let's find out about 
Which one you'll talk about first? You'll talk about no sweat. You'll talk about eagle. Which way you want to go? Let's, with go this? let's go with no sweat. Okay. So no sweat. You guys, this is a new company. You guys just started this what within the past year? Yeah, you know, we've been around for a while. The patents go back, you know, almost 10 years, but really commercializing it, uh, you know, we got our mass manufacturing in place and started running with this thing in March of uh, 17. Okay. Uh, and, you know, really what it is, just for everyone to, to hear, it's a disposable liner that you peel and stick inside any kind of hat, helmet, or hard hat. And what it does is as you sweat, it wicks the sweat off your forehead, locks it inside, and converts it to a gel so that you've got a completely dry surface against your forehead. So it's important for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, you know, it really helps with acne and skin irritation. So we got mm-hmm. our start in the hockey space. You know, a lot of hockey players obviously get helmet acne or have sweat running down their faces. They're playing yeah. uh, a lot of distractions. Um, one of our big endorsees, TJ Oshie, uh, loves it. I mean, he said, you know, it helps him focus on the game and whatnot. Did you say Oshie? TJ Oshie, that, yeah, I did, yes. TJ Oshie. My dog's name is Oshie. <laughs> Swear to God, Oshie Shango. That's funny. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, and, and, you know, the big part to it, you know, it helps prevent eye irritations, distractions. I mean, competitive shooting, obviously, if you're, you know, running around, you're sweating, you're hot, you don't want sweat running down in your face. You don't have to wipe your eyes as you're moving around and, you know, trying to stay focused on the course. So, it, you know, one of our big things is we started out in sports, but now we're trying to branch out into other applications. So, you know, any type of hat or headwear or helmet you're wearing, you know, we've met with several different SWAT teams. Uh, obviously, they're, they're covered in, you know, heavy, hot gear and keep, yeah. keeping that out of their face is it's super important yeah i mean anybody Um, who wears a a hat a helmet any kind of headgear i mean even even um uh you know like spelunkers and people that wear those those lamps on their head you get you get that tough nylon you know stuff that a lot of times will rub into your head and these would be perfect for that too so yeah the um, big difference and they're comfortable i've been wearing i've been wearing mine i guess mike gave me was it nra when i got the first one yep yeah i think it was nra and i've been wearing mine uh, since then and they just they make your hat more comfortable too. You know how how it's really when you first get a new hat too, and maybe one you don't wear a lot. They're real rigid and stiff. Sometimes you get that that hat headache. Since I've been wearing those, I don't get those anymore. Yeah, and, and on top of it, they protect the hat. So you get a nice hat right. at a trade show or a golf tournament or whatever you're doing. You know, you don't you almost don't even want to wear it in some scenarios because you're going to sweat right through the thing and get those sweat yeah, rings. Yeah, get that well, that actually, sweat ring. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. yep. So you got like a collector's hat or you got a nice hat, you know, that you like to display. You can still wear that hat with this hat liner and not worry about getting those nasty sweat rings. Yep. And on the on the hunting side of things, you know, we uh, we did a study with, uh, it was a, year, a couple of years ago with the North American Hunters Club. I don't even know if they're around anymore, but they did a study and, and they actually found that it helped prevent the, the scent too. So the scent from your sweat uh, actually is absorbed and locked inside the product. So the whole, the whole difference is instead of wearing like a sweatband or do-rag it actually converts that sweat to a gel so it's not you don't have this soggy surface against your head as you're you know performing or working out or you know just working in general yeah yeah i mean i think it's a great idea um and mike was showing showing us at uh, shot show Uh, he pulled one out and he had this uh uh, thing of water and it was probably what a good i don't know six eight ounces and he was just sitting there squirting the liner with it and it was just soaking it up, and you touched the liner, and it was still dry in both sides. You know, you touched both sides of it, and there, there was nothing. And, you know, it was it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that, my, that was one of my favorite parts of that show, because when I pulled out the bottle of water, like, Marty's face was like, <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> There's electronics here, Mike. What are you doing? <laughs> I was just going to lose my mind and just spray it everywhere. But, yeah. 
Yeah, that's the cool thing about the product, though, and that's one of the you know because obviously John's a nice guy and 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 everything like that, but I'm I'm not going to get behind a product that doesn't work. So when he sent me samples to use, and I live in Vegas, it's hot, you know, and and I took him to the gym that time and used it and just was blown away that I didn't have sweat in my face and sweat everywhere else. But I mean, I, you know, it works. It's, yeah. it's, it's awesome. Was that cause, was that cause you weren't working out or cause the no sweat worked though, Mike? That's the question. Well, <laughs> it must actually work out. Which, it's all subjective, isn't it? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so but, yeah, how did you, awesome. how did you come up with this? Well, I'm, I'm hesitant to even tell you, but my, my buddy, who's the CEO of the company, Justin Johnson, he was uh, in, taking an entrepreneurship class in college. Like I said, it goes back almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. And his uh, stepdad had been, uh, you know, rough in hockey uh, for 20 plus years. And apparently a lot of these hockey refs have been cutting up uh, maxi pads and putting them in their helmets. <laughs> Crazy <laughs> and, hockey players. I can just picture I can just picture these hockey players buying maxi pads at, a, you know, Walgreens or wherever they're at. Right. Like, there's got to be something out there, something a little more manly, a little more masculine, so you're not sitting there <laughs> shoving mask, maxi pads in your head and helmet. So right. looked around, there wasn't, filed the patents, and started in sports, and now we're here today, and it's, you know, every every application you think of, even down to, like, chefs, you know, cooking on a hotline. So it's, Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So, you yeah. know, yeah, I don't want sweat in my food. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a <laughs> and great I, I didn't idea. Realize, I didn't realize how much Mike was pushing this thing until I got to Vegas and, you know, we're sitting there in the Venetian at the little circle bar and everybody that comes up, he introduces me like, he's John, he's the no sweat guy. And suddenly everybody breaks out a jingle. Like every single Wasn't where we had a jingle, but this is awesome. This so. is better. Yeah. This is, this is a fan induced jingle. Yeah. <laughs> No yeah, sweat. I was gonna say I, I need an eagle, an eagle jingle soon because pretty I, every time I walk up somewhere now, people are like, "No sweat." Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got to put that to music. I'm, I'm going to come up with something. That's yeah, they they were doing they were putting some verses out there. I mean, the drunker everybody got, the funnier it got. So it was, <laughs> it was great. Well, that, yeah, uh, that's yeah. what happens but, in Vegas, man. Networking and the best ideas come from the Circle Bar, right? Absolutely. But hey, I, you know, I wanted to throw out there too, you know, I really appreciate you having on the show, let us talk about it. So as a thank you uh, for all your listeners, we wanted to offer a 20% discount on every single product Bang. on our website. Nice. So through March, 20% off everything for everybody, everyone, your listeners, promo code is leadhead. Uh, you can literally no sweat, co.com, no sweat, co.com, put in that code and you'll get 20% off of anything you want to order. Very cool. And what else do you have on the, on the website? So we've got the hat liners, the helmet liners, and the hard hat liners up right now. Uh, we are rolling out some visor liners shortly here. Ooh, and, cool. and we're also going to obviously have some hats up, you know, just with our logo on them that a lot of people seem to like too pretty shortly here. Yeah. So the, my idea with, you know, like just the, you know, those like hat, headlights, headlamp things, uh, night vision goggles and things that people just slap on their head and maybe they don't have a yeah. helmet on, get a real thin one for that too. That would be yeah, the hard hat liner is actually just a thin strip. So it's a, the, the hat and helmet are designed to fit in the hats and helmets. Uh, only difference between the two of them really is the helmet liner is a little bit less sticky because yeah. the material it needs to adhere to is usually like a foam, whereas the hat liner needs to adhere to kind of a cloth or a cotton. Yeah, so it yeah. needs to be a little stronger. So that's designed for that. But then the hard hat liner is actually just a thin strip so that yeah. can fit in hard hats, any type of suspension or headgear nice. or visors so that's the key difference if anybody's looking at them so another another application i'm thinking of this is this could go on your um your shoulder straps you know for your your bags and gear 
that yep. you're carrying too. Maybe your uh, your um, your vest, your uh, plate carrier. You could you know because you sweat a shit ton in those too, and on the the shoulder area, neck area on those, you could you could pop these things on there too, and that would help yeah. uh, extend the life of your plate carrier too. Absolutely. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, you could put them on your hand when you shake hands. It's <laughs> shot so you don't get those shot show funk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one likes a sweaty hand. You could no, wrap them. It. You could wrap them around your uh, your drink, your drink, your drink mug. <laughs> there, you there, you go. Go. there you go. You know, so yep. endless possibilities. So endless. Really. <laughs> thank you for extending the the discount to the Leadhead Brigade. No sweat guys. Go there, and you're going to get 20% off till the end of March, you said? Yep, end of March. End of March, so take advantage of it as soon as you can. And, I mean, there's something there for everybody. Uh, they got the hat, the hard hat, the helmet, the hat. I mean, football helmets, uh, you guys are, are hooking up a, a local uh, baseball team that I sponsor, 7-year-olds and 9-year-olds, and we're going to get these in uh, in their hats too, baseball team. Absolutely. So that'd be that'd be cool. Appreciate you guys doing that as well. Motorcycle helmets. I mean, I know a lot of people that put them in their motorcycle helmet. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And we're honestly, you know, as a, as a company, we're uh, we're behind all kinds of nonprofits. So anybody, you know, any of your listeners are hosting a charity golf tournament, or you know, any any type of charity where we can auction some of these off or give them away to people attending, we're more than open to it. Yeah. Just trying to get the word out. So shoot us an email, info at nosweco.com. More than happy to help people out and donate some product for you too. Yeah, well, we got a, a charity ball coming up for uh, our nonprofit that we support. It's Sheepdog Impact Assistance, sheepdogia.org. Um, that'd be something good maybe we could get you involved with on as well. Absolutely. Cool. John, thank you for that, man. That That's awesome. Um, yeah, thanks a lot, Marty. Really, really appreciate and I do. I mean, I have been using these since I, the past NRA, and uh, I love them. Uh, like I said, I've got them in all my – I'm wearing a hat right now. I've got it in it. Uh, I wore it to the gym before we um, we did the interview. That's why I was running a little late. Sorry about that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, perfect for the gym, too, because, you know, you're sweating there, and then I don't have to worry about that nasty uh, sweat line in my hat. Because I, I used to have uh, certain hats that I designate for the gym, you know, my, my gym hats, because they were already ruined or whatever. So now, I mean, right. now I can wear yep. any of my hats to the gym. Exactly. That's exactly what I, I we did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it, that's what makes it awesome. I mean, there's so many different ways. And you three gunners, you three gunners out there, you know, on those hot three gun days, uh, sweat drips down, gets in your eyes, me- messes with your eye pro. This greatly reduces uh, that as well. So that's going to help your performance in the, the three gun competitions. Yeah, high ranges, anything like the big, uh, the big three. I mean, any of the, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, any of those shoots too. Like it's great for those. I had those uh, out, and I was letting people just take them, and they were putting them in their hats, and they were pretty blown away. It's a, it's such a cool concept. I love that though. Maxi pads for hats. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it. You said it. <laughs> that is not a slogan. <laughs> I have been biting my tongue this whole time, Mike, and you. You said it, not me. <laughs> hey, John, I got. We maybe we could do something. Where, you know, like for the twenty-five pack. It's like, is that t- is it that time of the month again? <laughs> <laughs> not feeling so uh, comfortable. <laughs> Get your no sweat. 
Well, the, the running, the running joke is, you know, if you're playing hockey, you got to change it between every period. So that's <laughs> great. <laughs> I like it. We got hacky jokes for days with this. I'm telling you, baby. <laughs> All right, guys, so we're going to break this interview up into two parts. Uh, we went really long on this interview with these guys. We went two hours. So so thanks to John Marshalla uh, telling us about No Sweat. You guys check them out. Uh, it is a great product. I do use it personally, and uh, it's useful. So I like to bring you guys, again, useful things, products that I use, that I've tested, that I know firsthand are uh, work and are good. So I know you guys will like the, the No Sweat Hatliners. Very useful product. Next part of this interview is going to be with Mike Sodini, and we're going to be talking uh, all the new things that are coming to America from Eagle Imports. So that'll be in next episode. So I've been really anxious to get this interview released to you guys. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite interviews that I've done uh, in the show's history. Uh, this guy is definitely an idol of mine. I uh, really look up to him. So it's George Kelgren. Uh, he is the uh, the owner, the creator of Keltec. Uh, Keltec Weapons. This guy is an innovator in our industry. He's been around back when Husqvarna was making firearms back in Sweden. And uh, he uh, was gracious enough to give us his time. And uh, we were able to uh, get a little history from George, uh, get him to talk a little bit about one of the probably most iconic uh, 9mm designs in history. It's the uh, Intratec 9 um, he was uh, one of the lead designers of that firearm, and uh, we get him to talk about that and some other things. Uh, really great interview here, so I, I definitely wanted to get this one out to you guys before I released any more of the 2018 SHOT Show coverage. Uh, but before we get into that, we all got to thank our sponsors, so big thanks to Right On USA, the official optics of Talking Lead, it's R-I-T-O-N, Optics guys can check them out at rideonusa.com. Uh, we've got an interview uh, next episode also uh, with Brady of Ride On, and we're going to be talking about the new 1-8 to awesome scope that they've got and the two different versions. They've got a tactical version and a hunting version in that scope. So looking forward to that one next episode. Frontier Tactical, makers of the Warlock system, multi-caliber adapter for your AR-15, lets you shoot up to uh, over 100 different calibers from your AR-15 platform. And they also make their own line of rifles. Check them out at FrontierTactical.com. And for all your optimizing products to optimize the performance of your firearms, you clean them, you lube them, keep them accurate with Modern Spartan Systems. Check them out at ModernSpartanSystems.com. Glock, the official carry of Left Hand Talking Lead. Check them out at us.glock.com. VanQuest, they make awesome backpacks and gear and sling packs. Check them out at VanQuest.com. 1776 United, go and get your new Leadhead Brigade shirts at 1776united.com. And we still have our classic logo, Talking Lead logo t-shirts available there as well. So you can get them at 1776united.com. And if you're not shooting AR-500 steel targets, you need to check out X-Steel Targets. X-Steel Targets. The best, most affordable AR-500 steel targets on the market today. And yes, they are made in the USA. So guys get in touch with Bud and he can create a custom AR-500 steel target for you. Or you're probably going to find that they've got everything you need right there already in stock. xsteeltargets.com And then of course we want to thank uh, Keltec 
for being the official lead quarters for the 2018 SHOT Show. Uh, lots and lots of interviews coming from their booth this year. Um, and then Asymmetric Technologies for making it possible for the Leadhead crew to make it out to Vegas again this year. So Brian Borkowski, thank you so much. And looking forward to getting him on uh, to talk about some cool things coming from Asymmetric Technologies. So without further ado, enjoy this interview, Leadheads. It's one of my favorites. It's the moment I've been waiting for the entire show. All right, you guys ready? Ready to start this thing? Are we doing live? Yes. Awesome. So, uh, welcome back to day three of the 2018 SHOT Show. We are graciously being hosted by our good friends at Caltech, the official lead quarters of the 2018 SHOT Show. Very proud to be here and uh, very uh, honored to have our guest that we have on right now. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Chad and let him do the uh, the introductions here. This yeah, is guys, so uh, a man of few words, a man that doesn't do a lot of interviews. Uh, so we are very humbled and, and honored to have my boss, the president and owner of Keltec, on. And he is going to be questioned heavily by <laughs> the president of Freedom Munitions, my good friend. And uh, this is the moment of shot shot I've been waiting for. Um, I love, I always love to hear what George has to say. I get to see George every day and, and it's an honor and everything, but uh, it's going to be nice to hear George talk about some of his older designs, some of the newer designs. And uh, uh, We had to bring in a professional for this line yeah, of questions. We, we did, yeah. <laughs> We're so. not smart enough to ask those questions. <laughs> yeah, so this is going to be really cool. Uh, you guys are two of my uh, heroes in the industry, and I think this is going to be really fun. So I'll let you guys take it away. It's all, all yours. All right. Thanks, guys. George, I've uh, always been an admirer of your work. I'm a, I'm a pistol caliber carbine subgun aficionado, and... You know, when I first met Chad, um, you know, we've always been talking about Keltec stuff. I've always carried a Keltec P3AT, mm-hmm. and um, I was fortunate enough to go hunting with Chad in the spring this past year. We were talking a little more, and uh, we were isolated in the woods of Idaho <laughs> with no service. <laughs> isolated. <laughs> yeah. It's an understatement. Uh, we started talking, and I said, you know, I wasn't sure if George was aware of how much influence one of your designs um, has had in the uh, entertainment world. Um, I'm sure you're aware to some extent, but you know, we started talking more. And he said, "You know, I, I'm not sure." And I said, "Well, I'm going to do a little research on it." And uh, I started digging. This is again what April or May of of mm-hmm. 17. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I compiled a list of all the times that I've seen either uh, the Tech Nine firearm, which my understanding right. is that is a one of your original products. Oh, that's, wow. That's correct, yes. And it's it's really astounding. You know, everybody out there believes that the, the HK MP5 is one of the most prominent firearms in entertainment, in mm-hmm. movies and television. But the list that I compiled where <laughs> this particular firearm, in and of itself, was, I'm, a, I'm an attorney by trade. Are you going to reference your sources? <laughs> well, actually, I did. You know, it, it's funny. You, your firearms have been in, I counted over 137 uh, television episodes yeah. and, and movies. Oh, They've wow. been featured by some prominent actors, such as Kurt Russell in Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah. yeah he did. Right. I remember that. Michael Douglas and Falling Down. Wow. Yes. Yeah. The suitcase. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Renner in The Town. 
probably saying that wrong. The town. Rainier? Yeah, Rainier. Jeremy Renner. Oh, Rainier. Yeah, yeah. That's right. He yeah. played uh, Hawkeye in the Avengers. Yeah. Yep. Great movie. Chris Hemsworth in Red Dawn. Oh, yeah. The remake. The remake. Yeah. We're in, the so in all the classics. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's just in, in, you know, film. In television, the A-Team. Yeah. The A-Team? What? <laughs> wow. B.A. Baracus? CSI Miami. Pretty popular wow, yeah, show. Yeah. CS, was that the Sub 2000? These are all Tech 9s. Just the Tech 9s? Yeah. Just the Tech 9 platform. This is because I've seen the Sub 2000 in a couple of TV Oh, we shows. haven't even gotten into all the oh, other Oh, so guns. we're going to go yeah. that way, too. Yeah, <laughs> this was just simply the nice. Tech 9 platform. And uh, Walking Dead Season 7. Wow. And you're, uh, you're on Talking Lead. But you're on, your gun was on The Walking Dead. That's right. <laughs> nice tie in. No Country for Old Men, Javier Bardeen. Wow. Again, I, I've always thought it was so undervalued as the influence that this fireman's had in entertainment. And, you know, we just started talking about it. And my, my, head, my head just kept turning and turning. And I thought, well, it's not just television and movies. You know, the music industry features this firearm mm -hmm. and there's <laughs> Jay, okay so l l might be a little known fact fun fact for you guys Jason is a huge fan of gangster rap okay <laughs> I, I'm a cultural observer is yeah, how I there look you go right are you and familiar with gangster rap George not really no not so much <laughs> cultural observer is what I, I prefer to call it but the firearm itself the tech nine has been referenced over 200 times in wow. different songs across three decades big songs too right yeah, yeah stuff yeah, that has made songs. platinum albums and then there's actually a pretty prominent entertainer in the music business whose name is a direct ripoff if you will of the, the tech, tech nine, nine platform yeah. he spells his name t-e-c-h and the number nine n-e but <laughs> take I just, it nine <laughs> yeah I, I just thought it was really impressive that your platform uh, has had that much of a cultural influence and an entertainment influence, and uh, it crosses you know, all forms of entertainment. Yeah, yeah. Chad and I just thought, uh, yeah, it would be something to. Did to you do talk video about. Here, games? Here's the thing: George is not going to be impressed until ABBA puts it on the cover of their next <laughs> album. <laughs> so you asked about video games. Video and, games, and I yeah. do have a list of video games that have featured that particular platform. Nice. You have three versions of Grand Theft Auto. Wow. Vice City, San Andreas, Makes Liberty sense. City, all using this particular uh -huh. platform. Saints Row 2, <laughs> Counter-Strike, Global Offensive, Far Cry 4, Payday 2. Payday. And this one was an interesting one. I put it on here. It's called Hot Dogs, Horseshoes, and Hand Grenades. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, and A personal favorite of mine. And that <laughs> wasn't something that you know just took five minutes. This was, since we've been talking about it, you know, May mm -hmm. of 17, yeah. I started, you know, in my free time, not at work, compiling this list and just looking through it. And, you know, I think that that platform that you brought to America really has had a significant influence. And uh, it was just really impressive for me to get to meet you. I've always been interested in firearms design. I work in the industry now. Um, I'm not really a designer by trade, but I've been fortunate enough to look at all the different platforms and I like to feel that this platform really does have some very unique features that um, I think paved the way for some stuff today. Um, the safety on the Tech 9 is one of the features that I think is absolutely brilliant. 
Um, the fact that the safety is right there on the, you know, by the bolt. Mm -hmm. When you depress it, it's on safe. When you pull it out, it's on fire. I, I, it's just a brilliant design. Oh, thank you. And so for me to just get a chance to meet you, it's, um, you know, it's just really an honor. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. That was some very interesting uh, facts, and that's just the Tech Nine. Yeah. Like you're saying, the other guns that they have, the KSGs and several sub two thousands, the sub two thousand, the video games and and movies and yeah. So, so wow, George, you're a huge influence in today's pop culture, George. I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> George, when did uh, when did you design the Tech Nine? What year was that? That was. Um I would say that was in the late 70s. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so going back to the late 70s. Over in the old country. What was yeah. your influence? <laughs> in the old country. Yeah. The what influenced you to come up with that design? Yeah, I, then, then I took that over to... Um, it ended up in Miami. And we started the company that was like an offshoot of the Swedish company that did develop it into right. Dynamic. Uh, in Stockholm, Sweden, and that expanded to uh, Interdynamic Incorporated in Miami. Mm -hmm. And that's where we started with the KG9. It's a KG9. Yeah, the KG stands, stands for Kelgren Garcia, because that was the other partner in operation at that time. Mm -hmm. So. And that, uh, I don't know if you remember, that was an open bolt mm -hmm. design. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, we made about 4,000 of those. I think the last number, 4,053 or something like that. But at the time, ATF was not too pleased with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the ATF's been too pleased with you forever. <laughs> so it turns out that the... the the Cubans down in Miami were very creative <laughs> in turning that gun into a machine gun. They liked it. Ah, yes. okay. It fit their purpose. Yeah, so that, so at that time we changed it over to close ball design, uh, striker fired, and that turned into the KG-99 that later became the Tech-9. Wow. Which is what we have the pop culture with mm -hmm. today. So George, how many how many of those variants do you have? Do you do you still own one of each or? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Awesome. Sure. Man, that's a cool piece of history right there. Yeah, at that time, of course, I think it was about '83. Then I left the uh, Intratech company and started Randall mm -hmm. up in uh, Rockledge at that time. Yeah. Yeah. For those not familiar, Rockledge is very close to where we're located now in Cocoa, Florida. Mm -hmm. It's a neighboring city. Right. So did, did you have a design before this? Was this your very first design in firearms? That was the fir very first design that got into mass production, yes. Wow, very cool. What did you have before this that, that didn't make it, that maybe you thought should have? Before that, I was actually working for the Husqvarna Arms Factory in Sweden. In Sweden? Yeah. And we had a, we developed a very nice little uh, uh, 9 millimeter machine pistol, like the BNT, oh, wow. that kind of style. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, way too ahead of his time. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't go anywhere. 
Oh, saying, man. What are you going to do with it? <laughs> it's not a pistol. It's not a submachine gun. Useless. Oh, man. Yeah. Maybe we should bring that back. <laughs> I was going to say, you can, can you go get those uh, the designs on that? No. no. Husqvarna, they stopped making uh, guns in 68. Nobody purchased them? They just shut down? Yeah, not, now they make motorcycles and lawnmowers and stuff. Like that. <laughs> cool. That's a big difference, yeah. Well, I would love it if you would sign uh, my personal Tech 9 firearms. I know one is uh, an AB10. Mm-hmm. That was actually something else that I neglected to mention earlier. You know, in 1994, when the assault weapons ban hit, one of the smartest moves I saw came from uh, George's group when they came out with the AB-10, which was basically the features that were no longer available at that time, um, but with a pre-band magazine or 10-round magazine. So I, I've got um, different versions of um, George's work in my safes, and sometimes I'm stuck looking for inspiration, and I just go open that up, and I look at these different platforms and think, well, these guys hit roadblocks, and they found ways around it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I brought both of them here today and was, was hoping you would uh, do me the honor of signing them for me. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's cool. That is one thing about uh, George. I notice a lot of, um, in particular, AR manufacturers, when... Welcome to the Kennel Show. <laughs> yeah. When companies are, uh, when they're met with uh, restrictions by, be it federal or state governments or whatever, they have to... Why would you put it? Wherever you like. They have to rely heavily on the aftermarket to make their firearms uh, legal in their particular state. And George, uh, he sort of uh, manages to find a way to integrate um, those compliant um, those compliant issues in, into the guns so that, uh, like, the, the RDB-C, for instance, is a perfect example of that. You know, so California, their laws, no matter how strict they're getting, is very unfortunate. Uh, however... Uh, George uh, designed a gun that they can have that uh, shoots 5.56, got a 20-inch barrel, one and seven twist. You know, it's got all the right. perks you could you could want in an AR, but it's in an overall sh- super short package, adjustable gas system. I mean, there's a lot of things that uh, uh, that the uh, RDBC offers over an AR, especially an AR-15 in California now. So, you know, and that's that's just one of those things. That Something they wouldn't normally be able to have, he was able to, to make it Right, yeah, and exactly. And, and, and we don't have to rely on the after- product. Yeah, they won't have to rely on the aftermarket so much to take care of that kind of stuff. So, You were talking earlier about how uh, kind of like when you get writer's block or inspirational block, you open up your safe and you, know, you look at George's work there and, and you're inspired. Uh, tell me something, one of your designs, because you, you make some great products with your other company that came from that. Well, when we were looking at uh, making some 9mm brakes, you know, we we weren't happy with some of the stuff we saw on market. Stuff just didn't look like it, it fit well or had the aesthetic look that we would like. And, you know, one thing that I've seen is there's some beauty in the simplicity of, of things. And uh, you know, sometimes the best way to do things isn't always the American way. Sometimes the Swedish way or another way is... is mm-hmm a simpler solution and so you know with the tech 9 firearm you know the safety design was something that we just thought was really ingenious mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes you just got to rip your ideas apart and put them back together in a different way and so when we were trying to work on the nine millimeter brake we had some problems with the machining aspect 
it was overly complicated and they said you're trying to take a five dollar part and wrap a hundred dollar bill around it and so that and and that was one of the things that we went back to the drawing board on and said okay we need to simplify this keep the effectiveness keep the goal and uh you know those kind of things came out of looking at firearms like this um the Keltec firearms are another example you know the p3at when i talk to people that are looking to get a their first concealed carry firearm that is the firearm i recommend it's super light it's pocket it's pocket carry convenient mm -hmm. you know most guys in, in my line of work are in suits they don't have the ability to wear an inside the waistband gun sure. yeah. the p3at and a holster looks like a cell phone in your pocket it's simple it's effective it works and to be quite honest with you decent caliber yeah. if you lose it you're not out the spend on a really high-end carry gun and there's a few of those out there you know so to me it's the perfect utilitarian CCW pistol. In fact, you, you bought a bunch of them for your staff. I remember for Christmas. Yeah. That's right. Last year, uh, in 2016, excuse me, we yeah. had a, we had our best year on record, and I called up Chad and I said I want to get my entire sales and marketing team something, and uh, of course it was Caltech firearm, and I got everyone a P3AT uh, for Christmas. Awesome. Did you get a special color? Black, <laughs> just black, just yeah. black. I asked color. him if he wanted something fancy. He's like, no, nah, black ones are good. Yeah, just All right. Black. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So, George, real quick, um, well, maybe not real quick, but for the listeners, this is a question I, I think I've always wanted to ask you too, but we're always so busy at the shop. How, how did you get started? I know, um, I know you served in the military, and how did you get started with your interest in, in guns in general? I was always saying President is There you go. No, I, I grew up in a military family too. Okay. So, I was always, I started shooting when I was quite young and uh, I was always interested in it. And then, uh, <coughs> of course, after my military service, studied engineering and uh, it kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Just kind of fell into place, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Now, when you were issued a, like your duty weapon, did you did you take it apart to oh, yeah. look at oh, yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See but how it worked. <laughs> Was a Carl uh, Gustav M45. Wow. Submachine gun. <laughs> that was cool. at the Swedish Naval Academy. Yeah. So, oh, of all cool. your designs, your firearms, which is your favorite? The newest what's one. Your, what's your baby? <laughs> yeah, I would say the newest one. Um, <laughs> the, the next the, one. Uh, the whole RDB system. Uh huh. Yeah. It's a beautiful I think design. That, I love that the RDB. It has a lot of potential. Yeah. Especially with the downward ejection. Mm hmm. Makes it. Yeah. Very practical. Yep. And then the twist that you're putting on it with the S, the survival, the mode, and right. I don't know if you can talk about the the other one yet or not. The T. Oh yeah. So that would basically that or not, so. be a be a modified S model. I don't know. Yeah. If we're going to do that or oh, not. Oh yeah, but we can yeah. easily do that. Yeah. Remember, they're all modular. Right. You can take part from from a C model and put it on the regular and. Anywhere you please. Right. There you go. Yeah. Everything is interchangeable. Which is an aspect that a lot of uh, people may not understand that that your guns are modular like that. Yeah. 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 And uh, that's I kind of stumbled here. across it myself. That's why we're here to <laughs> show, that, show that off. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what's what's the plans for the future? You, have you got some big designs or uh, ideas you can tell us about? 
No. Maybe hints? <laughs> we have the plans, but we cannot tell you. We yeah, we, <laughs> we stopped doing that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it takes... A lot of people don't understand that they... Uh, you know, why can't I find a, an RDB? Why can't I find a PMR30? Well, what happens is... Since George's designs are so unique, we literally have to create the entire infrastructure to build the guns uh, ourselves before we start building the guns. Yeah. And so it's it's not just a process of manufacturing the gun and buying parts from you know uh, vendors. We have to actually design the literally design the tools that we use yeah. to put the parts together in the guns. So it's we're we're doing double duty. We're Dude, we're building our infrastructure as well as we're building the the firearms themselves. So George has to think of. Not just how to design the gun, but how to build it yeah. with literally using the tools. So that makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. And that, but once we're up and and running and the production's going, everything runs smooth. And you know that's why you can find KSGs and PMR 30s out there. You know, which yeah. we uh, you know we pride ourselves not only on just the designs and, and being able to work with George, but uh, at the same time we're you know we get really excited when our production numbers you know are, are hitting where we want them to hit because. A lot of people think, yeah, I can't find this gun. You guys only make a few of them. I mean, literally, I've heard people say that we, they thought that we worked out of a kitchen, like a small, like <laughs> something the size of a kitchen. Yeah, because they can't find our guns anywhere. Oh I'm my like, no, gosh! No, no, no. And then I have to explain to them, like, no one else makes this stuff. So, <laughs> it, you know, if you want a striker fire polymer pistol, throw a rock in here, and you're going to hit probably five. Com- it's going to bounce and hit five companies that make them, or an AR-15 product, or, or whatever. Um, but if you want a PMR-30, if you want a CMR-30, you want a K- any of our firearms, we're the only place you can go to get something like that. I, I don't even know of anyone that's making a semi-auto 22 Magnum pistol, you know, that's relevant anyway. No. Uh, and if they are, I guarantee you the price point isn't what we can offer and, and the quality that we can offer. So, you know, that's just one of those things, uh, just, you know, for the listeners out there, if you're having a hard time finding our products, it's because we're trying to supply the whole world with them. And we're <laughs> because they're in high demand. Yeah. They're in high demand, and, uh, and, that, and that's directly attributed to uh, George's designs and, and all of his experience uh, over the years. So, so can, like I, I, can I ask George some questions? Of course. I want to I hit him with the new guy questions. Okay. Can we do yes. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Can we do that? All right. So this is, this is your first time on the show, George. Uh, yeah. I don't think we've, we've asked you either. So this, this applies to both of you. So um, your earliest recollection of experience with a firearm. How old were you and what was the, uh, the firearm? <laughs> George has to go way back. Way back. It, it's way back. I would say uh, it was with um, my father's... Um, Nine millimeter pistol. Okay. Because he was an officer too, and uh, at that time, the Cold War Mm -hmm. time, all Swedish military had to keep their weapons at home. Okay. So he had a uh, nine millimeter um, M40 pistol and a submachine gun at home. And of course, my parents were away. <laughs> we got those out and played with it. <laughs> oh my god! I love it. <laughs> so that, that's. I love that. Yeah, my parents just had uh, you know uh, full auto stuff laying around. No, yeah, no big deal. Around the house. <laughs> Military grade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you? My first time would have been with a Benjamin Sheridan uh, 22 cal air rifle. Okay. And then uh, when I actually got with real propellant, it would have been a Ruger 1022. Okay, and how old were you with that? Seven or eight. Seven or eight? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, that was what 
Same with me. About so, seven or eight? Yeah. Now, do you still have your father's uh, military guns? No. Did, did they get to keep those after no. their, their service? They had to give no. them back? Yeah. No cop. So you, you just talked about your military service. Um, tell, us, tell us about your military background. I was a short time in the Swedish Navy in their officers program, but I was only in there for a few years, mm -hmm. and, and then I I left. You went on to I saw bigger it, and better things. Yeah, no, it, 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 it was no future in it. Yeah. When you look at the Swedish Navy today, I think they have two submarines <laughs> and a couple <laughs> of patrol boats. A tugboat. <laughs> <laughs> to pull the submarines. Yeah, they have more admirals than what they have ships. <laughs> they should name one after you yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> they should, yeah. Yeah, they should. And that's when I went over to engineering instead. Smart move. Military law enforcement background? Uh, prosecutor. There you go. Uh, that counts. we were in law enforcement. That counts, yeah. And how long have you been doing that? I was uh, in that for several years until I jumped over into sales and marketing. Yeah. So what was one of your uh, more interesting cases that you could talk about? That I can talk about on air that's, yeah, yeah. that's uh, I guess, G-rated. <laughs> I, I had the last trial I had before I went to this industry mm -hmm. was a... Uh, a DNR case, Department of Natural Resources, so fish and game case, and uh, it was told to me to be a slam dunk. I, you know, I've done DUI cases, drug cases, domestic cases, and the DNR cases or fish and game cases, those guys work really hard on those cases, but they don't get a lot of cases that go to trial because most people pay the ticket. Yeah. So this case was a guy that was hunting illegally at night, hunting from the road, and hunting uh, out of season. What state is this? This is this was in Georgia. Okay, uh, Metro Atlanta. Got trifecta. Yeah, he had three tickets, and uh, he didn't want to pay a fine. And I, I met him in court and said, "Look, I'll do you a great deal, hundred dollars. Dismiss the other two. You won't lose your hunting rights, or we can go to trial." And he said, "I want a trial." All right. Wow. So <laughs> it gets through the trial counter. We get there. I get the DNR guys there. We go to trial, and, and here was the, the short story. Uh, somebody called and complained, saying somebody's shining the, the field at night. So DNR set up a three-person sting the corners of the field, and sure enough, about 11 o'clock at night, the spotlight washes over the cornfield, and they swoop in on the guy. He's got a 22 long rifle. He's got night vision. He's oh, in wow. camo. He's got um, doe estrus or doe urine in the car, and it reeks. And in the back of the truck is a cooler with ice in it and nothing else. Oh, my gosh. So we're, This guy's a diehard. We're talking yeah. about a lot of circumstantial evidence there, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, you got the rimfire rifle. That's like the poacher's choice in Georgia, uh -huh, at least. Yeah. And all that other stuff. So we get to trial. The DNR guys get on stage. They do a great job. There's a video, of course, and the lapel cams look like better video than the TV show Cops. And, <laughs> you know, they're serving all the equipment, the night vision works, and all this stuff. And uh, in my closing arguments, you know, I talk about the fact that, yeah, this isn't the crime of the century, but you've got to enforce all the laws. Because if you don't enforce the little laws, what's to say you should enforce the big laws? Mm -hmm. Uniformity across the board. Car red-handed. And, uh, again, it was not a slam dunk. I didn't get any counts. I was a loser on that trial. He, he was acquitted. Oh, wow. really? Of all three charges. Wow. On what grounds, may I ask? Well, so <laughs> good old boy after, after, I got that, 
after I got that beat down by the jury, you're allowed to talk to the jurors. And I, I found a couple of them downstairs, and I said, hey, uh, what did I do wrong? Was it the DNR guys? Was it just sometimes the jurors just take pity on the uh-huh. defendant? It's just sometimes how it goes. And uh, they said, no, you did a great job. Those guys did a good job. But we don't believe you should be wasting taxpayers' money on this case. Wow. <laughs> that was the answer I got. Well, there you go. Wow. Multiple jurors. Uh, so that one left a bit of a sting because it was the last <laughs> sure. trial I had before I left to come into this industry. <laughs> mm. Wow. Wow. Not a good note to go out on, but interesting. Interesting. What's the next question? So when it comes to pop culture, and it could be a movie, it could be magazine, TV, video games, music, what's your go-to uh, for your enjoyment? What do you like? I can answer both their questions. <laughs> you can. Uh, I know what his is. Nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I, like I said earlier, I consider myself kind of a cultural observer, and then that's part of what I liked about being a prosecutor is you get to learn other stuff that you may not have normal interaction with. So for me, um, I guess I would say it's you know hip-hop. I grew up with it in the 90s. Um, it's not anything I deal with during the work week. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I can just turn my mind off. It's something so that I don't So can you just, like, about. drop a beat just at a moment's notice? I mean, just... Do you like Eminem? Can you just do it? Do yeah. it on the fly? I'm not that. Yeah, you got one for us right guy. now. You got one for us right now. I'd have to think can about you, it. Can I'd you have give to us? Think about it. Well, well, if, if, he, if he drops a beat, then George <laughs> has to sing us an ABBA song. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got to hear George's answer. <laughs> what about you, George? No, I'm not really much into that. Don't movies, TVs. What about when you were growing up? What did What did you enjoy? Comic books, something like that? No. Not so much? Popular mechanics? I, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> there it is. No, it was a, that was a huge uh, magazine yeah. back in the day. Yeah. yeah. We were fortunate enough to live pretty close to the library. So I went there quite frequently and uh, read some books that I liked mm-hmm. very much, like um, Jules Verne, Jules Verne. The classics. My, yeah, the okay. classic, absolutely. Did you like any science fiction? Did you get into oh, that? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Too, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, what's the uh, the captain, um, the Nautilus? Uh, how was captain that? Nemo. Captain Nemo, yeah. Oh, yeah. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, is that what it was? Right. George, so not that you like to take time off, but if you did and you were going on a road trip with Mrs. Keltec, <laughs> what music would you be listening to on the road I don't know I, I what, what type of music style I of music? personally listen to classical music nice most, yeah okay and uh, if you say, I like Elvis for instance nice yeah. did you say Elvis yeah, yeah. sure surprising yeah. I like that yeah. nothing but and, a hound dog and mo- most country music it's okay you like too. the country music mm-hmm. like do you like the newer country music or you like the uh, the older George, the older. George Jones yeah. kind of mm-hmm. That might explain why Derek, when he's clean-shaven, looks a little like Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> Is that his middle name? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Derek Elvis Calgren. So, um, next question is, uh, bucket list firearm or piece of gear that you'd like to have? What's, what's on next on your list that you've got to have? That, that would be our next... Um, 
your next one that you gun. can't talk about? Uh, exactly. <laughs> I told I'm going to go ahead and add that to my bucket list, too. I want yeah. that one. Well, see, I, told, I, I tell people this all the time. You know, <laughs> All this stuff in this booth here uh, is just a result of something that George wants in his safe. Really, exactly, you know, and, yeah. then, and then we all yeah. just benefit from that. Yeah, yeah. And, and and the thing is, I would not design a gun that I wouldn't use myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, remember, my gun gun design work started mainly as a hobby mm -hmm. that turned into a business. Mm -hmm. And uh, nowadays, it has almost gone that far that I don't really have to build guns for money. It's more like my passion. Own, yeah, yeah, passion or entertainment that I, I do it for. Yeah, so awesome, and that's yeah. where the best innovation comes from. Yeah, so uh, George doesn't just, you know, he doesn't fly around the world, you know, sitting in hotel rooms designing guns. He comes to work every day. He's there the same time we're there. And in fact, if he's gone for a week or two, we know he's miserable because he, <laughs> he loves to be there you know, working on stuff and being being a part of the the fabric of the company and everything. Right. So it's not like he's just off, you know. I, I do take things. more time off nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very well deserved for sure. Mostly international travel. Yeah. 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 It's quite nice to see. Getting ideas for your next uh, gotta have, wanna have. What you gonna make? No. Do you, I can't, do you take I can't. inspiration from your trips? Do you do you see things in other no, countries not, that inspire not, you? Not really. Yeah. No. Because those countries that you go to, they are not really open to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you were a mechanic, you wouldn't travel to Spain to, to study the engines of Spanish cars. I mean, you just, you know, you're on vacation, you know. So. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I don't know. No, when you see stuff, you pick it up, of course. Yeah, yeah. Repeat the question. So what's your bucket <laughs> list? What, what's your next piece of kit or gear or firearm that you got to have, want to have? I like... 410 shotguns. When I'm not in the center fire metallic world, I've always had a little uh, penchant for 410s, and there's a, a couple of 410 semi auto shotguns out there that, mm. okay. that I'm looking Anything at. Anything in particular? Anything um, you want to mention? No, there's, a, there's a couple of mag fed shotguns out there. Uh -huh. um, they're all from Turkey, if I remember mag correctly. Mag fed 410. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not, a, not an answer I was expecting. No. <laughs> completely off the wall. So, uh, laws be damned, money be damned. If you could own anything, what would it be? Anything. Anything. <laughs> There's no no holds barred. Buffalo Ranch in Montana or Idaho. Okay. What about you? Nice yacht. Nice yacht? Yeah. Like a like a three hundred and forty footer or uh, no, no. <laughs> now you're talking. No. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's where where would you dock it? Where would you uh Harbiton Marina? No? Down in Down in Florida? Cocoa Beach, yeah. Okay, Cocoa nice. Beach? Very good. So if you could spend the day at the range with anyone, whether they are fictional, whether they're a real person, uh, dead that you could bring back from the dead? Who would you like to spend? It could be a group of people. Who would you like to spend the day at the range with? First, John Moses Browning. Ah, sure. good answer. Good answer, yes. And then maybe uh, Kalashnikov. Ah, Another good answer. Go. And Elvis. 
throw and, uh, us. Yeah, but he, yeah, he might be on the range too. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's a he was a firearm guy. Yeah, I know. He liked yeah. his guns. One person for me is John Novesky. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah. That's the first time anybody's said either of those. Um, haven't had any of those answers before. What about you, Chad? Uh, Let's hit you with this one. I love to go shooting with George sometime. We don't get opportunities to do that. Um, pretty kind of fun. And uh, definitely John Novesky. I never got to meet him. Um, and Elvis. And Elvis. <laughs> you like Elvis? <laughs> yeah. so, so mine is the Lone Ranger. Good and, one. And Tonto. That's who I want to spend the day at the ranch with. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, very good. Do you guys have any more questions for Mr. Kelvin? No, I just really appreciate the time. Yes. It's an honor. Yes, thank you, George. It's an honor having you on the show. Thank you so much. You are always welcome back to the Talking Lead Show, George. I'll keep that Anytime, in Anytime uh, as you are bringing out your new innovations. Chad is always great on coming on and, and letting our lead heads know. <laughs> Bring George along, man. Yeah, yeah. This is a treat. You know, this is maybe we'll do this once every 10 years or so. Yeah. <laughs> once every <laughs> All right, guys, we are going to be back with more coverage from the 2018 SHOT Show at the official lead quarters here at the Caltech Bridge. Great job, guys. That does it for another awesome episode of the Talking Lead podcast. I uh, know that you guys enjoyed that interview as much as I did. And uh, just show us some appreciation if you're enjoying these interviews that we're bringing to you from the 2018 SHOT Show. Leave us some uh, feedback, some comments on our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, uh, on the podcasting feeds that you're listening to us from. It's greatly appreciated. We like to know that the information that we're providing, it's reassuring to get the feedback from you guys. So greatly appreciate hearing from the Leadhead Brigade. Speaking of Leadhead Brigade, we've got uh, an interview with uh, one of our longtime listeners. Uh, we ran into him at SHOT Show. So we got that interview coming up in the next few episodes as well Uh, but again make sure you go and check out all the people that support the show high threat concealment highthreatconcealment.com x steel targets xsteeltargets.com modern spartan systems modern spartan systems.com vanquest vanquest.com glock us.glock.com 1776united.com keltech it's keltechweapons.com and asymmetric technologies is asymmetrictechnologies.com and the official optics of Talking Lead, make sure you guys go and check out Right On USA. And don't forget to use these discount codes that we have, uh, guys. Uh, we've got them set up just for you as, as Leadheads, listeners of the show. Use the code LEADHEAD. Most, if not all, of these companies have that discount code set up to give you an awesome discount on the products. And then we've got other companies like Medieval Industries. For that 360 vertical foregrip, they've got a discount code set up for you leadheads. And then you just heard from No Sweat. You guys can get an awesome discount from No Sweat by using that that discount code. And there are others as well. So if you hear them on our show, typically they've gone and set up an awesome discount code for you leadheads. So go take advantage of those. Uh, It's very gracious of those companies to do that and help you leadheads save a buck or two. So until next episode, Leadheads, as always, keep your loved ones close and keep those firearms closer and get some training.